Good afternoon and welcome to LSC Chat, the Language Learning Center's podcast on issues related to world languages and cultures from the perspective of students, faculty, and community members. It is my distinct pleasure to continue our series, ODU Faculty Speak World Languages. We're your hosts, Alexis Esipov and Ayat Yusuf, and we come to you from the Department of World Languages and Cultures at Old Dominion University in Norfolk, Virginia. ODU attracts the best and brightest scholars from around the world. Their contributions as leading educators and researchers make our community increasingly globalized. They are key in preparing our students with new perspectives. ODU provides a diverse and welcoming community where we learn from different backgrounds, cultures, and experiences. Faculty are helping to make ODU a world-class institution of higher education, and we want to get to know them better. We are joined today by our special guest, Dr. Michel Oudet, Associate Professor in the Department of Electrical and Computer Engineering and the Biomedical Engineering Graduate Program Director at Old Dominion University. Born and raised in Canada, Dr. Oudet earned his Bachelor's in Engineering at McGill University in Montreal, Master's of Electrical Engineering at École Polytechnique, and later his PhD in Biomedical Engineering at McGill University. In his research, he prioritizes medical simulation, surgery planning, and the potential of robotic surgery. Alongside recent publications on brain simulation and STEM education through 3D printing workshops, he has authored conference papers and articles on medical imaging and simulation. His work has brought him to three continents with French, Japanese, and German-speaking cities. Thank you, Dr. Odette, for joining us today. It is an absolute pleasure. LLC Chat welcomes you. To begin, would you please introduce yourself? Give us uh, just a brief introduction and let our audience know who you are. All right. Um, broadly speaking, I would say that I'm a, I'm a biomedical engineer with interests in medical image analysis, medical simulation, surgery navigation, as well as an emerging project in geriatric fall detection and injury mitigation. You could say that I had a nonlinear career path um, in, prior to becoming a professor, working in flight sim simulation out of my bachelor's, welding automation after my master's, as well as neural navigation at the start of my my doctorate. Um, so, and that that nonlinear career path uh, uh, started in Montreal and then took me to. Um, various projects uh, over the course of my first few jobs, and then also postdoctoral experience in Japan, uh, Germany, and then finally bringing me to the U.S. That's fascinating. So you seem to be very well-traveled, and I imagine that you're also well-traveled in your language skills. Um, can you tell us a little bit about how you acquired um, your language skills? French is my mother tongue, but um, not only did I live in, in Quebec, but I also uh, grew up, um, we moved around as a, as a family. And I also lived in Ontario, Nova Scotia, which is partly why I don't have a thick French accent when I speak English. But um, in fact, my when I speak French, my accent is also native uh, Quebec, uh, Quebec French. And uh, that led to, um, I guess, uh, developing 
um, both languages also while while in school. So I did my my primary school mostly in French, but in English provinces, and I alternated uh, high school as well, uh, French English, and then finally um, I did my master's at Ecole Polytechnique, which is the French university, and I wrote my master's thesis and and defended it in French. And my PhD dissertation um, was at McGill in English. Um, so as a result, um, that sort of um, led to, um, I guess, the development of my, the language center of my mind that made it uh, apt to take on new, new languages as well. In general, when I travel, even if I'm going for a short trip, I like to, to learn the rudiments of the language. And... Um, living in Japan for five years and Germany for three uh, predisposed me to invest in order to to make my life more enjoyable there. And so I went out of my way to learn as much Japanese and German as I could while there. That's amazing. Um, could you uh, elaborate a little bit on what led you to to work on your postdoctoral research in um, Japan and Germany? What led me to to do uh, Japan first was a a, a trip in, in the 1990s to work in automation, and I was really charmed by by Japan. And so when it was time for me to to, to choose um, a postdoctoral fellowship after my uh, doing my PhD or while being close to completing my PhD, um, I I thought in the back of the mind uh, that um, the that I enjoyed my time in the 90s, and and so uh, I wanted to to be a bit of a contrarian and take a chance. And in terms of whether that um, actually um, has a bearing on my research, um, I'll say the following. This is a bit of a long-winded explanation, but um, I want to emphasize for anyone who's thinking about uh, living or working abroad is that working abroad is a little bit different than simply traveling in another country, especially if you decide that you want to get the most out of it and immerse yourself and, and make friends. Um, so working with, with um, nationals from, from other country within a lab, especially a lab where, um, where they're at home, it makes you aware of geographical differences and sensibilities and by that, I mean that in the U.S., there's often an emphasis on personal freedom and not so much on personal obligations to other, others or society. And if you think of this as a kind of spectrum, Japan is completely at the other end of the spectrum in relation to the U.S., where there's often an, um, an emphasis on one's per personal obligations uh, to others and to society. So there are certain expectations about how to behave. And if you think about that as a spectrum, then I would say that Europe is somewhere in the middle, uh, where again, the US is completely at the other end compared, compared to Japan. And I would say that Canada is somewhere between uh, the US and, and Europe in a way. So it's a little bit more freer than, than Europe, but at the same time, uh, less unbridled um, commitment to personal freedom than the US has. To, to, to uh, distill this into just a, a few ideas, I would say that my experience Working abroad has made me open to collaborating with anyone and also to, to cultivating a, a professional relation um, with, with uh, just about anyone and, and in a way that's um, harmonious and, 
And I guess it made me more of a diplomat that I would be inclined to be uh, just based on my personal nature. And do you feel that these cultural experiences that you had abroad have possibly enhanced your overall attitude towards working with others or maybe your attitude in working in the field of biomedical engineering? Um, I would say that being an engineer and being multilingual uh, does not impact the, the research directly the way it would, for example, a business major where there's clearly um, a, a, an immediate benefit to, to being able to shake hands someone and entertain a conversation in another language. But it, it makes me likelier to reach out to someone abroad uh, with specific knowledge, possibly um, as a first step towards a collaboration. And the way that I approach this is I tend to personalize my method, my, my message rather, to, to elicit a positive outcome. And what that entails is if I'm, if I'm dealing with someone in France, for example, I will actually write the email in French and I make sure to um, dot my I's and, and cross the T's so that there are no, no uh, grammatical errors or, or spelling errors. Um, in order to, again, elicit a positive uh, response from that individual. And if I'm dealing with someone German or, or someone Japanese, I will mention that I'm an alumnus of either AIST in Tsukuba or University of Leipzig. And um, in, or, in order to, to pave the way for a positive response. And um, so I might sign off, um, the message may be in English, but I might sign off in Japanese or, or sign off uh, in German in order to make it clear that, um, to substantiate my bona fides. Um, from a publication standpoint, also the way that it uh, percolates into my work is that um, sometimes I'm looking for a precise expression, uh, writing a proposal or writing a paper that I, I feel will be compelling to the reader. And if I were, let's say, unilingual English, I might use thesaurus or word hippo in order to get the best word. But because I grew up bilingual as well, another option that I have in my toolbox is to um, think of the equivalent expression that I have in mind in French and then do the search in French and then look for a translation, a translations perhaps with, um, within the, the professional translator community or something like that. So it gives me a few options in finding the precise expression that I'm looking for in order to compel a reviewer or a reader. That's wonderful, and it bridges a connection between others when you're able to insert other languages, right? Connect with your audience, who you're messaging, as well as who's reading your publications. That's amazing. How important would you say it is to know another language for your discipline? And could you provide a specific situation or project you've had experience with? Yeah, so I tend to be humble about this, and I would argue that it's not a direct importance per se, but then again, if you look around ODU and you look at all the, the faculty members, there are many faculty members from other countries uh, to the point where I would say Anglo-Saxon Americans are kind of a minority here, um, which is not a bad thing. And what that entails is that most of these people are probably bilingual in their own way. So some of them might have a mother tongue of, of Mandarin or others Turkish and so on. And so I think that um, I'm not necessarily an exception in this way, but but really a prevailing trend. 
And I would I suspect that that um, for them and and uh, to a large extent for me, this multicultural environment enables them and me to think in a flexible way. And what I mean by that is that um, one's culture tends to not only provide an environment, but a, a, a kind of sheath or a, um, a, a set of constraints that um, that are attached to that environment. For example, um, North Americans tend to think as Christians in a way, and we we view everything through the lens of uh, of Christianity quite often. And whereas someone like me, whose whose wife is Buddhist and who who is Japanese, by the way. And 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 who has friends also um, in other countries who may hail, let's say, from a a Muslim uh, country. That entails that um, I tend to think uh, not strictly in in Christian terms, and that that means that uh, or that suggests that I I, um, this multicultural viewpoint allows me to to think laterally in other ways that are not strictly related to culture. So I suspect that this is also the case uh, with other faculty members and, and probably indicates um, why they're creative in, in their own research work. So I would say if in terms of a use case, well, the one that I brought up before where a, a multilingual approach to finding a specific expression applies there or, or uh, also analogously finding a global authority, uh, which I'm having trouble locating within the US. That's really fascinating. And I picked up that your wife is a native Japanese speaker, correct? She is. In learning Japanese specifically, how has that helped you build relations in your personal life outside of your work life? First of all, when I met her, which was at a salsa party in Tokyo, I um, first approached her in Japanese because I had no reason to believe that she spoke English. And so I I got uh, quite a bit of mileage out of of my investment in learning Japanese up up to that point. And that also allowed me to interact with her family where her parents are unilingual Japanese. And so every time that I see them, I try to uh, study up so that that we can actually have a conversation. And uh, during that time when I was in Japan, it allowed me to also uh, ask for the the uh, the hand of my wife in in marriage from from my future father-in-law and I had to ask in Japanese so I'd actually written it with uh, Japanese characters in hiragana and uh, I uh, wanted to be well prepared so I wrote it and I read it to him but he could see that I'd written it in hiragana and that um, it was obviously my writing because a, a native Japanese speaker would have used more kanji than I did I think that's a great anecdote and obviously seeing how how relationships you know intertwine with language is beautiful so thank you for sharing that mm-hmm. yeah thank you so much for sharing that with us and our viewers and on the topic of our viewers uh, what kind of advice would you have for current ODU students who are studying world languages and cultures I would I would tell whoever uh, is listening that uh, the the world is your oyster and this is an expression that's that may be tired for some but but uh, yet i see a lot of people who who don't think of it that way who are or who are happy at, um in in this area and um don't have um the reflex let's say or the consider the option seriously of of um working abroad and 
or or even just traveling abroad. And so I would say that one of the perks of going to university is that you come out of it with specialized knowledge in a way that may enable you to work globally. Um, and as a result of being specialized and having this ability to work globally, many of these countries that may be may turn out to be interesting to you in a professional sense um, are, are some where English is not uh, spoken at least as a first language. And so knowing more than just one language allows us to better embrace this travel experience or work abroad experience and in a way that makes us happier doing it. And by that, I mean making friends more easily simply because they can see that we're trying to meet them halfway or, or shopping in a more infor informed manner at the supermarket or ordering the best dish or the, 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 the specialty of the house at a restaurant. Um, or, or being able to tell the doctor exactly what's wrong. And so all of these things uh, are made possible by embracing a foreign language uh, in conjunction with this ability that, that we have of working abroad. You spoke about advice for students um, studying world languages, but could you elaborate a little bit more about those that are not currently studying world languages? What value could that possibly bring to fields um, that are unrelated completely to studying world cultures and world languages. Right. So as I mentioned, I think to if you deny yourself that option, um, that can still lead to an interesting career for our graduates. But at the same time, um, if to borrow, I guess, um, a metaphor from a game show, in this case, um, you probably owe it to yourselves to look what's behind door number two or do door number three. Um, if uh, if it turns out that opening these other doors is relatively low cost. Um, and so just from for the cost that it, it is entailed by just taking an extra language class or two, um, which uh, is um, every bit as justifiable as any other elective, you, you get to open these doors that um, are completely different than any other door that you, uh, you've cared to open up to now. And so I, I think that in a in a context where any one of these graduates is likely to, to work into his or her 60s or 70s, um, this gives a, a um, completely different dimension to, to that, that uh, graduate's career um, in, in terms of, of uh, making friends abroad or, or learning a new way of working abroad um, and, or dealing with a, an expert uh, that is difficult to find in the US who may be um, um, may have a, a also a different take on on mentorship or different dynamic in terms of work. Uh, it's not always positive in the sense that my time in Germany uh, at at some point was um, a little bit difficult sometimes because of the differences in in work dynamics. But um, over the long haul, I'm still uh, happy that I, I, I did all of these uh, different steps that characterize my nonlinear career path. That's wonderful. And hearing that will really be helpful for students. So thank you for sharing that advice and insight. For you, what does it mean personally to be multilingual and have such experience in such a broad range of languages? All right. I don't know if you can see this coming based on the kind of answers that I've given you so far, but being multilingual to me contributes to making me a contrarian. And what I mean by that is that 
since I'm at home to a, a significant degree in several cultures, and in a way also several religions as well, uh, it tends to make me less bound to, to um, my home culture um, and therefore, uh, or to less bound to a specific way of viewing things. And because I've worked with, with people who are very different from me in a way that's productive and in fact uh, uh, warm and, and uh, harmonious, I would say that it not only makes me more contrarian um, in terms of questioning anything that's proper to my home culture, but it also makes me more tolerant and liberal, which probably aligns with uh, ODU's emphasis on diversity and, and inclusion. I can honestly say that compared to many people, I've, I've actually uh, embraced it in, in my career path. To sort of expand on that point, do you think that being multilingual has, or excuse me, do you think that being multilingual has personal value when it comes to teaching your students as well? Yeah, I would say, I would argue that, yes, it makes me um, attentive to, to a, a mosaic of different perspectives uh, sitting in my class. Thank you for sharing that. And I can imagine that having that extra needed extra skill on your shoulders opens up so many different opportunities when you're teaching students from different cultures, different backgrounds and different languages. So as a way to sort of wrap up, did you have any closing comments or anything that you wanted to say to our listeners? Yeah, I think you're not gonna foresee, see that one coming because uh, I didn't really bring it up so much. But uh, I want to mention that I'm also an advocate of doing a graduate degree, both a multilingual background and a master's or a doctorate have the potential to make your life and, and certainly your career much more interesting uh, than otherwise. And so I, I, again, uh, when you consider that in all likelihood, many of you will work into your 70s, uh, you may as well enjoy the next 50 years. And if, if um, uh, investing two more years or four or five more years makes a difference in your level of enjoyment. If you think about that as a kind of integral over over the rest of your life and you view the function as as your enjoyment and possibly also uh, the ka-ching factor, the economic factor that also accrues from being specialized, especially if you choose your specialization wisely in a way that uh, aligns with what the market wants. Um, you, you owe to yourself to, to explore that possibility as well. And I think that a graduate degree and uh, international experience uh, go together like a hand in glove. That's so wonderful. And hearing how, you know, such two very different fields can obviously uh, enhance each other, I think is really wonderful. So thank you. And with that, that concludes our episode. So thank you so much again, Dr. Odet. Um, and thank you all for listening. Be sure to join us next time on LLC Chat. Still.